Hello and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. And now for our happy ocean news with Laurel from Shark Allies. So just this last week, the president of Costa Rica signed a decree to proclaim that there's no more hammerhead shark fishing. So that includes scalloped hammerheads, smooth hammerheads, and great hammerheads. Um, this is has been a decades, if not longer, battle um, for all of those working on it. But this is definitely forward motion for um, the hammerheads of Costa Rica that have declined by 90% in the last decade. Yeah, Costa Rica! Costa Rica! Oh my gosh, thank you! That's so exciting. So, if you're wondering who that was, (laughs) it's our guest for today, the Development and Communications Director of Shark Allies, our friend Laurel. Welcome, Laurel. Thanks, ladies. It's an honor to be here. I love this podcast and everything that you cover. So thanks for having me on. Oh, it's an honor to have you on. We are (laughs) so excited to pick your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Why don't you just let's talk about your origin story for a minute. Why don't you just tell us about you and how you got here? Very, um, not your typical origin story, I'd say, but I think kind of an origin story that a lot of people are coming to the environmental movement on now. Um, I went to school for film and television production in Boston um, because I grew up in LA. I grew up in the industry, always wanted to be like my dad working on set. uh, And it was really fun, uh, but it definitely wasn't fulfilling or the fulfillment that I was looking for. Uh, junior year of college, I actually went abroad to Australia. And I thought before I go, I need to get my dive certification. Um, So I did that in Catalina in January when it was freezing and the kelp was thriving. And it definitely taking my first dive in Australia and the Great Barrier Reef was night and day to that. So I was absolutely hooked. And then we, uh, my friend and I, we decided to go down to South Australia and go cage diving with the Great Whites. And that's when I really started to understand um, not only how the environment is affected with coral reefs and how that can have trickle down effects, but also how misunderstood sharks are. Um, I'd seen sharks when I was younger in Tahiti and uh, just snorkeling around and all of that. But to really lock eyes with a great white for the first time is what got me to where I am now. Um, I also thought that I really didn't have a science brain. And so down there in Australia, I took some marine bio classes and realized that uh, I have more of a skill set for storytelling, but science also needs that side of it as well. So I came back to LA. I was working in the film business. As I said, it was really fun. Um, But I started to volunteer for uh, a marine mammal care center down in LA for like a sea lion and seal hospital. Um, And that was so fun and hands-on. And then I started to 
fish around a little bit and see where I could also fit in and lend more of like a PR and digital marketing hand, not just my body and the physical work of the animal hospital. And that's when I found Stephanie Brendel, who's our founder and executive director at Shark Allies. And I started as a volunteer maybe six, seven years ago, um, just purely saying, give me your social media channel and let me try and post everything that you're doing on here because it's awesome. And for someone who didn't understand the science space as much as I had liked to, I was looking towards social media and documentaries and all these different resources to teach myself. And to shark conservation seems like such a, uh, I don't know, un not undiscovered. A lot of people are doing it, but a very, I didn't know what it entailed essentially. And so to be able to uh, provide really actionable items for everybody on social media on how to help sharks is what got me really, really, really invested in the organization because Stephanie has such tangible ways for all of the grave things that sharks are facing. Um, so that's what really got me interested. And then let's see, in 2018, Stephanie was um, a host, or she was on Shark Week, and it was a Shark Week Shark Tank episode. So she got to pitch our cause to one of the sharks of Shark Tank. And we got Mark Cuban, which was really fun. And so she actually took him out on her old dive boat in the harbor where you work, Blake. Um, and took him out shark diving and pitched our Florida shark fin trade ban campaign. And we didn't win the grand prize of $50,000, but just the exposure of Shark Week made us really have to like go all in on this campaign. And that was about three years of fighting down in Florida, which was the previous hub of the fin trade. And that was, I mean, it's the wild, wild west down there on the water. So that taught me so much, even though uh, fin bands are Stephanie's bread and butter. And um, that really catapulted me and locked me in and the rest is history. Wow. So it really was just a moment of locking eyes with the great white and having that moment of I'm going to skid to a stop here and we're going to pivot. And I'm going to change. Totally. It was this, for this. It was this passion that I've always, I mean, I'm sure you too, as well as being that little kid that anything ocean just gravitating towards it when you're younger. And I always just thought this was, this is just a, an interest of mine or um, a passion or a hobby or what have you. Uh, my dad's a big surfer. So also being on the water when I was younger in Southern California, and then we go to the big island of Hawaii all the time and snorkel there. And I really fell in love with sea turtles. Um, but then understanding the pressures that shark face, sharks face, as well as every ocean animal, but specifically sharks with their apex status and how that can have trickle down effects. That's what really really got me and yeah just seeing that great white with it looks like almost like a school bus or like a big like semi truck moving past you but then all of a sudden you lock eyes with this icy blue eye that everybody says is this like dark channel abyss of an eye but it's really light blue and beautiful that's what really 
it made me deep dive big, no pun intended, but like deep dive big time into everything that sharks are facing. I love that. That's like one of my favorite things about great whites is they do have blue eyes. Yeah. I feel like I love Jaws as a movie, like guilty pleasure movie for sure. But that movie changed the course for sharks in such a terrible way. And even as you were talking, like the only thing I could think is black, like a doll's eyes, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) going through your head, but they're icy blue, like you said, and yet like that kind of humanizes them almost when you see that they actually have a color to them. Oh, absolutely. And it's same thing with seeing whale sharks or seeing um, Galapagos sharks with you, Blake, when I was with you a couple months ago on the North shores, it's like, they're not mindless predators. They're just, they're essentially kind of our dogs in a way where if you spend time with a dog and under understand their behavior, then you understand kind of how they're communicating. So the more you spend time with a shark, the more you understand how it's communicating and it absolutely is communicating to you. Right. I always describe them as like the world's most patient and cautious predator. Like they have that awareness and you can see it because every single one of them will look you back in the eye. And (laughs) for humans, that's such like, we kind of forget that as people, we're also, we're predators. You know what I mean? Like our Mm -hmm. ancestors, they were hunting, they were moving. Now we're so used to buying our chicken in a grocery store, that sort of thing. But we've evolved to like really respect that eye contact. And so have the sharks. And I think having that one thing in common Mm -hmm. really puts into your mind when you're going out diving for the very first time with sharks, how special that connection is. And the fact that every single person can have it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you don't have to free dive with them. You can do it in a cage. Like obviously you want to with the great whites because they're (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but just the fact that, you know, you're a regular person wanting to be in film, um, you know, doing, doing all the film stuff in LA and then you pivot to sharks. Like it just shows the power that these animals have. And I love it. Right. I, I think one thing really changed everything. Yeah. That's super interesting and kind of helpful because I was feeling so lost in my career and figuring out how can I, how can I really do this full time? And I, look towards uh like being an underwater camera woman for a while and I I absolutely loved that and that's what Stephanie did to start out as well but she actually brought up a really good point that you can be out there shooting the most beautiful stunning graceful shots but the second that you sell it to a network or discovery or whoever then they have your footage and they can completely erase all of your intention behind it so I was trying to One thing that I always talk to with young women who are asking about how to break out into the spaces, just stay true to yourself the whole time, whether that's being behind the camera and then making sure at every single process that your footage is used for good or having that written in a contract before or just taking your skill set and what you really love, you can absolutely meld into being your profession and helping at the same time, just like you guys with making a really amazing podcast while you're also doing diving and mermaids it's like you can it's a whole it's endless it's truly endless the channels to promote right that was oh go ahead oh I was just gonna say the cool thing is too is like no matter what it is that you're good at it can be being really great at social media it could be being terrible at social media but being really good with connections with other people Mm -hmm. you could be in the middle of Kansas where a lot of my family is and a lot of them have a massive passion for sharks because we would find shark teeth all the time in the farm while we're taking care of cows you know what I mean like the way that the humans are connected to the oceans there's always something you can do whether it involves money or not 
It's just mm-hmm. passion that's mm-hmm. so special. And I love that you guys at Shark Allies really help everybody put away where they can help save sharks, even if they're not near the ocean. Yeah. yeah. I really like that that's what you, that's the message you're putting out to, especially young women trying mm-hmm. to break out and find their own voice. I, that was another part of your story that really stood out to me too, is that you recognize your strengths and you fit them to the thing you wanted to do versus Mm -hmm. pigeonholing yourself. I know like for me personally, I have a hard time with that, like knowing what my strengths are, but not being creative enough to fit them to the thing I want to do. And I think that your story is very, very inspiring for people like that who are like, I'm stuck. Like, this is what I'm good at. What am I supposed to do? But you, you did, you brought your, your skills to your passion and you're making it work. I even took a PR job in Hollywood for a year thinking in the thick of the Me Too movement, thinking if I can get the skills from this right now and transfer that to shark allies and help sharks with their bad PR problem, then like year well spent, you know? Absolutely. So, it's I just really like a, a PR for the sharks. It's so cute. <laughs> I know. Well, because of Jaws is shark lax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so funny it's like i mean jaws i also think jaws yeah it created an awful pr image for sharks but it's also built this like crazy fascination that is like across so many generations now that i think sometimes inspires conservationists and people to work on it because of that like fear factor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is what made me like sharks for some reason adrenaline rush that nobody would sign up for our shark tours that we do on the north shore if it was like like, come and look at this little, like, Hawaiian trigger fish or something. We're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but when someone's like, oh, I swam, with, like, I freed up with sharks and I didn't die. Everyone's like, oh, man, no way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that bucket list item. Yeah, it is. Absolutely, it is. Which is cool. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about Stephanie and your guys' relationship and um, shark allies. So did you, how? So tell us again how you guys met. And how you got so, involved in that? I blew over that part. But basically, um, when I was trying to figure out other organizations, I was trying to find ones that were, I was really keen on finding ones that help sharks within Santa Monica Bay, which is where I grew up. And that's difficult because um, fortunately, I mean, there are, there's a lot of work to be done, of course, but fortunately it's not as bad as other places. Um, so I was going to, the Patagonia clothing store in Santa Monica has really fun events um, weekly where organizations table or this case I went to their film festival and Shark Allies had a short in there that was basically um, this fisherman uh, Dylan he got bit by a hammerhead up in Deer Creek which was very strange because the water is not typically warm enough up there for hammerheads in LA or in Malibu And um, they had a really interesting uh, short film on the juxtaposition of how the media portrayed his encounter versus his actual story. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, it just said, buy shark allies and gave a link to the um, website. And I cold emailed Stephanie and I said, hey, I'm, I'm local to Los Angeles. I saw your short. Um, It really spoke to me. If there's anything I can do to help, I love creative visual things if there's um or like just to sit in on a meeting and pick your guys's brains and learn more and she said 
amazing. Let's jump on the phone and about like, a th- honestly, not even over exaggerating, like a two or three hour phone call later, she said, why don't you just come by my house? We're having a meeting in like two days um, and meet the ladies. And at that time, it was just um, Stephanie, my, uh, myself, Erica, our vice president, Kinga on our board, and this amazing woman, Sarah. And uh, we just, I mean, it was just kind of like I found my people finally. Like everybody in film school is always talking about like, oh, what's your favorite Scorsese film? And what's your favorite this? And I finally, for the first time, felt so fulfilled to sit down and just talk about sharks in the ocean. Um, And so from there, Stephanie and I, right now, Shark Allies is just us two full time. And I mean, we have our we have our jobs and our the ways that we get money on the side from babysitting or other social media accounts or what have you. But it's really Stephanie and I like day in and day out. And um, those women are still involved and bring so much value um, to the history and to the forward motion of the organization as well. So it's just been like this this amazing group of women the whole time that has been, um, we're all Southern California based, like coincidentally. Um, my friend from Marine Mammal, Andra, we would always like whisper in the corner when a sea lion would have like a, a shark bite and go like, oh my God, it's so cool. Look how big that bite is and <laughs> whatever. But it's kind of this unspoken, like don't talk about sharks around here. Um, and she's actually in PR as well. She was in entertainment PR um, in LA and we created a for-profit brand for Shark Alley Shark Cafe together. So it's just been like this big creative Stephanie, we call her the Oracle. She's like the the mentor. She has been doing this for God, like 30 years. Um, she has such a crazy like dive background and photography and journalism and all of that to really help her with all the policy work. And so Stephanie calls the shots and I say, sounds great. And then I blast it out to the masses to help. Blake and Chelsea here. We are so excited to announce that we are now a positive impact partner with Waterlust. Waterlust creates eco-responsible sun-protective apparel to help fund, research, and educate the world about environmental conservation. We've been carefully searching for companies to support, and we truly believe that Waterlust and Save the Mermaid's visions are in complete alignment. They have leggings, sunsuits, and tons of other clothing options in the coolest patterns you'll ever see, like the whale shark pattern, the parrotfish pattern, the abalone pattern. <laughs> we, ha- we seriously can't pick a favorite. <laughs> no. <laughs> we love to rep it, especially while we're out on the water. Go to our website, www.mermaidconservation.com, and click on the Waterlust clothing tab to support your favorite causes, your favorite podcast, and look sexy as fuck doing it. But please, seriously, make sure you go through our website so that we can get some street cred and some snacks. I love you. (laughs) I think you're so cool. I love that you were just like, hey, I saw your video changed my life and it just happened. (laughs) That's you awesome (laughs) and that is so not my personality I am such an introvert I am hate pulling connections I hate networking all of that but there's just something in me that it's something to connect on that you have such a like strong passion for together that it didn't I don't know I was feeling so helpless I was feeling so 
like this is I only have so many shots and so many organizations because you reach out to a million and say I have this to offer and you hear nothing um even though you're donating your free time or just want to learn or what have you and so the fact that Stephanie was like on the phone with me the next day for hours and then invited me to a meeting it was just like I don't she's she's incredible she's I mean it's hard to she's my best friend she's my mentor she's my boss she's like my role model it's like everything all wrapped into one that's awesome that's I love that so much (laughs) you guys really do have an amazing thing going so right now I know you guys have some current projects posted that you kind of um I at least on your website are pretty highlighted including valuing sharks alive reducing product demand protecting sharks and their habitats um ending the fin trade, bycatch and overfishing and creating support for sharks. That's a lot of projects. That's like a lot of fingers (laughs) in a lot of fish bowls. And I just like, can you speak to those projects and what, what that's taking from you guys? What is involving? Like, yeah, just tell us more. I'd I'd say like our bread and butter is really uh, shark fin trade bans, because for any of your listeners that aren't aware about 100 million sharks are taken for their fins every year. And that's a really conservative estimate because it is a black market. So a lot of things go, um, are illegally fished and therefore unreported. So we really have no idea how, uh, especially since sharks are such a mysterious and elusive creature too, we really have no baseline as to how detrimental the fin trade is for sharks for overfishing. Um, so Stephanie in 2010, before I joined Shark Allies, did the first state level fin ban in Hawaii. Um, and then that language, um, in collaboration with Senator Clayton, he at the time was basically a contraband bill that was the basis for the legislation for the ivory trade and rhino horn. Um, and that same bill language has been adopted across 14 different states. Um, I was most heavily involved in the Florida one because that was the, basically it was kind of like a -a whack-a-mole game for a little bit um, because the federal bill was having so much trouble going through. And so um, we played whack-a-mole for a bit. And then just last month in January, the federal bill passed. So the shark fin trade is now illegal in the United States. And it took the exact same bill language as um, our Florida bill, which is really exciting. And then to make matters even more global in a positive light, um, there's a really important initiative right now that if you have any European listeners to go to stopfinningeu.org, Um, because Stephanie was just lucky enough to represent all of the partner coalitions in the campaign for the European fin trade to end, where she just presented to the EU commission in Brussels like two weeks ago. So for her to take this type of a campaign or policy measure from state level in Hawaii to it assisting the federal bill to now overseas to Europe is insane to me and I always have to remind her of it because (laughs) she is so in the weeds she has definitions of like boots on the ground um and so that's really what is our bread and butter and kind of what put us on the map and then um along with the fishing of sharks for their fins there's a whole array of products that they're also taken for 
um, including their meat, uh, their teeth for souvenirs, their jaws for souvenirs, and then their liver oil um, for cosmetics and pharmaceuticals. And that is under the name squalene or squalane. And so neither of those words um, actually indicate if that is from a shark or not. And there are so many bioavailable alternatives to it. So that's one of the big things that we're working on um, right now is trying to compile a massive master list of cosmetic brands that really uh, make a point to use non-shark liver oil um, in their products. And so we've come up with a whole certification process for shark free that we're developing and getting big partners on board for. So that's really fun because I never assumed we would even touch the cosmetic beauty space whatsoever. Um, and then one of, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, the valuing sharks alive is new for us. Um, and that one basically has stemmed from a partnership with this awesome organization, Endangered Wildlife OU, who does valuation reports. So like your typical finance, like valuation report for companies, but they've come up with metrics and a whole um, way to do it for ecosystems. And then we went to them and said, one of the ways that we really got the Florida bill through is by putting a price tag on um, how much the dive industry brings in for sharks versus the one-time cost of their fins. Mm -hmm. And it's in the billions in Florida. So to then take it down to a species level, we've focused on a couple of different shark hotspots around the world that are either um, recovering really well. And so we want to promote that recovery or doing not so hot right now. And so we want to, they're basically really great tools for us in policy. Um, so we have, um, there's one really fun one that we have to do a second pass on because the info that the data that keeps coming in um, is changing every day, but it's on the entertainment industry. So one of the things we talk about is things like Shark Week or Jaws or all of these different cinematic experiences and pieces of media or a paid Instagram post or what have you. It's all about paying the sharks back because we're making so much money off of the sharks, but we're not treating them as the actual ecosystem value, the aesthetic value, the conservation value, all of that, um, that they actually truly are. So um, the reports, you can find them on our website. They're pretty astonishing. Uh, they're, I think it's like, anywhere from 18 million per individual to, or sorry, per population in the Bahamas for, I'm completely butchering it, but um, for hammerheads. And then we go to Guadalupe and it's 23.1 million for the whole population of white sharks there. Uh, so that's, it's, it's our closest thing to a scientific study because we're all uh, policy nerds and uh, like action nerds and advocacy nerds that uh, we're not out there tagging sharks or figuring out their movements or anything like that. So to put a, make tools and reports in that way to help us, but anybody who wants them is really important to us. Wow, okay. All right. So that was a lot, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was a lot, but I gotta say, I think, Speaking with you, it reminds me a lot of when we talked to Shelby with um, the Ocean Rescue Alliance. Oh, yeah, I feel like you guys just 
constantly need to walk around with like a loop of applause behind you. (laughs) Just you're putting in the work in such creative ways and really infiltrating every corner that there is to get. Like you're trying, I mean, you're, you're flipping money. You've got art installations that I want to ask you about. You guys are going into the entertainment industry. Like Oh, I get chills. I was like almost crying the whole time you were talking about that. Like, thank you so much for the work you do. And honestly, the way that you guys like mix together the business aspect of it and putting the number, like, it's so sad that we live in a world where we have to put a number on an animal in order Mm -hmm. to make it exactly important to America. (laughs) Yeah. But the fact that you went in and did the work and did the research to prove, hey, look at this massive amount of income that you're wasting by killing the shark. That's something that everyone can relate to whether or not they like sharks. And I think that's where the real beauty is in your mission is you're shark allies and you're speaking for the sharks, but you're not just speaking to people like Chelsea and I, who obviously are going to agree with every single thing that you say, (laughs) because we also love sharks. But if a fisherman who's fishing sharks looks at the data of how much money he could be making if he's doing shark dives instead, yeah, he realizes exactly more business is available to him. And even if it doesn't come from a love for the sharks, it's still going to be more respectful in a way that they're living in a healthier environment because of it. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And long-term, like yeah. well, that's what a lot of people don't understand because they just think sharks and a lot of people automatically put up a big wall the moment you say shark. Um, but the fact that protecting sharks protects the entire ocean to an extent is huge that people don't understand. So if we can monetarily say like, this is their carbon value, even, which has been our most difficult, um, uh, number to come up with, but it is possible with all of the science that's starting to come out with like tiger sharks safeguarding seagrass beds or what have you it's they they absolutely have a carbon value as well so yeah it's 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 an interesting communications case study all the time to think like how can I how can we spin this to appeal to this industry or how can we spin it to appeal to that one because that's really the only way we can move forward and it's it's not moving forward in a massive victory. Those are obviously amazing, but it's so important to like celebrate and just like have a little party for all just the tiny little steps forward because eventually that'll make a big victory. Mm-hmm. And it's coming from two full-time people. That's <laughs> bananas. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know. It's crazy. It's yeah. it's really crazy. And that's why like seeing Blake on the North shore a couple weeks ago, like that seriously fueled me for months because we're just behind our computers day in and day out or Stephanie's flying for a legislature meeting or what have you and so to be able to connect with people um that way is so important and to connect with the ocean absolutely and it was so cool for us to like to be like oh my gosh somebody from shark alleys is on the boat because at the end of every uh dive I usually do a conservation briefing that includes three of our favorite nonprofits and Mm -hmm. one of them is shark allies and so you're like oh I work for them and I had seen your habit I was like oh well you know everyone that I know likes shark allies (laughs) their hats everywhere I know and you were like oh I actually I actually work them it just it encouraged me as well so I feel like it goes both ways yeah yeah and the million dollar question is gonna be obviously how can like Blake and I specifically help (laughs) but how can 
how can we, the non-scientific public, get help? And so many push ways. You guys forward. So many ways. Um, well, yeah, that's what my mission is all the time. Is I always felt like with these documentaries and everything, it's like just dumping bad info on you, and there's no action or follow up. Um, so one important, it sounds so superficial, but it's actually really essential to our organization is signing up for our newsletter and following us on social media, because that is our through line to everybody. Um, and so that I will always be posting at least once a week on social media, some way to get involved. Um, whether that's a petition, whether that's if you're in a specific area, especially for this um, European campaign, and there's going to be a California one coming up pretty soon too, um, to pick up the phone, call your representative, to send an email, what have you. Um, down in Florida, there's incredible like uh, uh, citizens enforcement programs under Shark Watch that our friends Jim and Adam created. And all of this info, I update all the time. And so does Stephanie based on what our um, connections are doing and what we hear in the news and what we're doing is basically just go to sharkallies.org slash take action, or it might be take action now, I forget. Um, and I, we lay it all out there for you. Um, on a more ongoing basis, it's so important to investigate all of the products that you are eating yourself, that you're feeding your pets. I know you guys are dog lovers like myself um because uh your topical products your skincare your makeup all of that can have shark products in it and so we give fact sheets and letter templates to reach out to manufacturers and um it's super simple a lot of people get bogged down by the details but a lot of the times all you have to do is send one email and keep the conversation going um so yeah there's a million things to do it just depends on anytime a volunteer comes on board i really like to hear what makes them tick and what they care about most and then we kind of cater a project or action towards that because it's fortunately but also unfortunately endless of the ways that you can help I feel like the moral of this podcast is just send the email like <laughs> just send the email that is so what I'm getting from you and I love it and also which, the power which is so of, funny like, because like with my I have ADD and like I'm just like to sit there and to send an email, I get crippled. But for these types of things, it's like, just do it. The second that you do it, you're so happy it's out there. You're accomplished. You made progress. You're getting a conversation going. Just do it. Oh, girl. Mm. I love it. I just love do it. it. And also, <laughs> I just want to say, I appreciate how accessible you ladies are as well. Like a lot of um, environmental companies or nonprofits that we love you know, we promote even on accident all the time, just because we love them. We've sent them tons of information, tons of like, hey, just so you know, we shouted you out here and we'll never get a response. And the fact that you guys are so responsive towards getting volunteers, connecting with the volunteers rather than just like, hey, cool, donate here kind of thing is really special because sometimes people might not have the financial ability, but they have a lot of hidden skills mm -hmm. that totally. they might not know that they have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that, I think it's that feeling of being stuck that I felt myself is it, I just need a response or like, I just want to respond to somebody. It's so easy to answer a quick question or to hop on the phone for 15 minutes. So, um, I mean, yeah, you can email, if you email info at sharkallies.com, it goes to Stephanie and I, and one of us will respond. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy or d shoot us a DM if you have a question.
I love it. I love that so much. Thank you so, so much. Is there any like last minute thing you want to throw out there? Um, oh, and uh, go ahead and drop like all the socials that people can follow and stuff like that too. Oh, sure. One thing I didn't touch on that much is um, my friend Andre and I created uh, the Shark Cafe. So it's a place for sustainable merchandise and artist collaborations and interviews and editorial. And we want to start building out um, all of our dive trips as well, because we did one in, uh, let's see, we, we collaborated with this awesome artist up in Washington and she did something on seven gills and kelp for us. So we went down to San Diego to dive in the kelp forest and we saw seven gills. So that was like Oh, just life complete. So um, we want to keep doing that because that really connects us to everybody and builds a larger community. So check out the sharkcafe.com. If you're an artist, a photographer, that's a place where we want to go beyond the issues that sharks face and give a spotlight to literally every type of skill set that contributes to it. So um, that's a really fun place to get ideas. And we would love to highlight you and feature you and collaborate with you. So the sharkcafe.com and then sharkallies.org. And those are the social handles as well. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Laurel, for taking the time um, from freezing San Diego (laughs) (laughs) to come and chat with us about sharks. We really appreciate everything that you ladies are doing. And just, I don't know, especially for us being able to see women working in the conservation space and really making a change is just it's so inspiring and so we're just we're so grateful oh yeah super energized right now thank you so much me too thank (laughs) you ladies this was really fun hopefully we can get Steph on and she can give you her huge origin story anytime (laughs) amazing Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Thank you.